Hey, welcome back to Peeling Back Money and Life. This is a great place to understand the multiple layers money can play in your life and how we can maximize the money that comes into our lives. As your host, Casey Redmond, it is my mission to provide my perspective and experience how we can maximize our lives today while we plan for the future. For this episode, we're going to be talking about two money mistakes that people make magical thinking and financial dependency. We've all made mistakes with our money and many times in hindsight, we wish we would have done things differently. So let's get with the first money mistake that we tend to make. Magical thinking. This kind of thinking leads many people to do things they otherwise wouldn't. Sometimes if they were more knowledgeable about their decision before making them. We don't know what we don't know, but key here is to get our head out of the sand sometimes when we know we don't know and be honest with ourselves. Sometimes realize that it's going to cost time and possibly money, but in the long run, it will be time and money well spent. I know for me personally, that has taken some time to come to grips with. In some areas, I'm not fully there yet because being frugal, saving a lot of money, it does take some time to come to grips with some areas of that. We all make mistakes, so not here to beat anybody up, myself included, but the key here is not to make the same mistake twice. I know you've heard that before. And keep educating ourselves from the right independent sources. Now getting back here to mistake number one, magical thinking. This leads many people to be overly confident and optimistic of the future without doing any real planning or thinking. That's a lot of hope and wishful thinking. This ultimately leads to poor choices. It's not a wrong perspective, but such thinking can represent an inability to face reality. Magical thinking can particularly be destructive if it's keeping you from responsibly earning or handling your finances, which puts undue stress on undue stress on you and your family. Do you find yourself spending money you don't have on things you don't actually need? You're just trying to keep up with the Joneses, the materialistic way of society the way it is? When you find yourself financially strapped, do you have a tendency to blame others? Do you keep pointing the finger instead of really looking in the mirror, which you should do, which we all need to do? Do you find yourself wishing that when when your ship comes in, whether it's an inheritance or hoping you're going to win the lottery, you'll finally have that house, that car, that boat that others have? Do you find yourself frustrated with your financial situation and think it'll all work out in time? You're not doing anything proactively to make sure that in time it will work out. So let's kind of get into a variety of examples of how magical thinking can appear. And this appears in many shapes and forms and throughout our lives. It's it's really up to us to to recognize it and, and do something about it proactively instead of reacting all the time. So are you investing in company stock as your only investment or even just too big of a port? proportion of of your total portfolio you should only have if if any a couple percent of company stock because that's just one company versus like the S&P 500 investing in that is 500 companies the Vanguard total stock market index for example is over 3,500 companies so that's what I'm talking about with diversification of your asset allocation and think Enron for example all those employees and many many other examples as well so Enron, just for a quick recap, and I'll include this in the show notes if you haven't heard of Enron. Basically, that's one company. Many people had their, they worked there and they invested in their company stock, had their whole retirement savings there, 
and then everything just went to crap. So if you haven't heard about that, do some research on it. You know, there's there's Enrons in small, big proportions out there all over the world. There will continue to be, and that's why we want to make sure we diversify and educate ourselves. Penalty withdrawals. Are you withdrawing and getting a 10% penalty on your retirement accounts? The ones you don't actually, you, you don't want to get penalties. That's for your future self. There are exceptions out there to avoid this 10% penalty, and I discussed those in my episode number 20 if you want to check that episode out. Do you Are you thinking... I'm just going to win the lottery, I'm going to win the slot machine, something out there. You're waiting for the inheritance, some type of windfall to come in. Are you waiting for some get-rich-quick scheme like Bernie Madoff or, or another Ponzi scheme that's out there? You're thinking, well, I'm just going to do, maybe it's I'm going to do money affirmations alone is going to make me rich. Well, or the universe is going to provide or God is going to provide. Well, you can do those and that's going to help your mind get right in, but ultimately it comes down to you taking action. So I do think money affirmations and those things are definitely important and keep reminding ourselves of having that positive mindset, but ultimately action is what is needed. Uh, is there? Are you thinking that you have enough to retire or confident that you're on the right track? Are you thinking that, well, I'm only live once, I'm just going to, I'll get to it. Uh, with that kind of later mindset procrastination, not really thinking of the future and how much pain it's going to be for you and your loved ones potentially by not planning and delaying that gratification now. You're just always thinking, well, I'll save later and when I have less expenses or when I don't have kids and the kids get out of the house. And, you know, the list of really what I would say excuses could keep just going on and on. And Kind of going back to the retirement accounts, many people think their 401k is free. It, it's not free at all. There's, you know, you have a, many times you have a bunch of different mutual funds or ETFs and they're going to cost you something. Now, do you know what you're paying? That's another thing. Not knowing what you're paying is a big problem because the compounding of fees can have a detrimental effect on what you're able to see in your account after 10, 20, 30, 40 years. Paying just 1% in fees could cost you nearly $600,000 over 40 years. Do you Are you thinking that your retirement years won't be very long, so you don't really need a whole lot saved up? Well, a 65-year-old woman has a 50% chance of making it to age 86 and a half, and a 65-year-old man has a 50% of making it to age, reaching age 84. So that's 20 years worth of retirement or more. And if we're thinking we don't need much savings or we're thinking that we can invest very conservatively and thinking that we can just almost have all bonds and cash, well, I would I would question that you need to think again. Uh, in our planning, we, we want to make sure that we're factoring in inflation. That's the biggest barrier enemy of them all. And we also don't want to make sure that we're magical thinking of relying, we're just going to rely solely on Social Security. Well, in 2020, the average Social Security benefit was about 1500 a month, which comes to about 18000 a year. And unless your household is used to earning you know, less than $30,000, most people will need to rely on some sort of other savings, personal savings, retirement money, to keep up their current standard of living. And you know, Social Security was never meant to be the only source of income for people when they retire. Social Security places a percentage of a worker's pre-retirement income based upon the lifetime earnings of that individual, um, but that amount is going to vary 
uh, from person to person, family to family. This percentage range could be from 75% for the very low earners to 40% for the medium earners to 27% for the high earners. And it's all going to vary too on are you taking your Social Security benefit before your full retirement age, at your full retirement age, or after your full retirement age is going to affect um, your benefit dollars as well. According to Bloomberg, almost 19% of people 65 or older were also working either full or part-time as of 2017. Now, maybe all, their, all those weren't because of choice, but some of them were out of necessity to keep up their standard of living to bring in, to bring in more money. And, and do you have magical thinking that you just think the market's going to go up every year? You know, like, it, like it, before this global pandemic, it was going up for like the past decade. You know, that's, that's not always going to be the case. We're going to have those downtimes. If you look at recent, if you look at the history, you're going to have those cases come up time and time again. Do you have a lot of uh, equity in your house and you're just going to rely that as your sole investment? Well, unless you plan on moving out and downsizing big time, you'll still need a place to live. So yes, you may be able to pull some equity out of that. But be reasonable, be realistic to what you're actually going to be able to live on to make that work. And, and the value of homes really only over time and looking at the history, only average to go up about the same as inflation. So be mindful of that as well. Now, let's move on to the second money mistake to kind of avoid here. And these are these are big, broad categories, because as you can tell with the first one, there's a lot of subsets that can go. What can magical thinking look like? The second one here is financial dependency. And again, this affects a wide range of people, many different shapes and forms, from stay-at-home parents who rely on their partner to handle all the things money, to adults who live with their parents, to adults who don't live with their parents, but rely on parents to pay their bills. Even if it's using their own money, the parent is paying the bill out of their money. So really, they don't know how to pay the bills or they're not paying the bills. So they're still dependent on somebody paying the bills, even if it's using their money. Uh, there, and there's many more here uh, that I haven't included. But basically, if that person or persons that is helping them is all of a sudden not in the picture anymore, for whatever reason, it could be a spouse, it could be a parent. Are you able to provide for yourself and any dependents you're responsible for with without much undue stress on that? If not, that you're, you're financially dependent on somebody else. So how can you reach that financial, be, being more financially independent? So financial dependent obviously comes in, in, in common that everything is really given to them and someone else is managing their money. They're not really able to manage their own money is, is how we're defining it here. Many parents are uncertain as to really when to cut those ties when we're talking about you know, young people living at home, uh, particularly following periods in which their children struggle with whether it's challenges of college or or their first job, uh, trying to buy their first house, their first car, you know, trying to transition in that professional life, maybe even it's a family life uh, for children is that and for children on the opposite end, the desire to be independent is sometimes in conflict with other desires. And then if we kind of shift our focus here to uh, thinking of spouses, um, so most women will be, uh, if we think of women who, females who live longer on average, will be on their own at some point in their lives. So it's even really more important 
for women to understand how to manage their own money and become financially independent. And, and the other reality of it too is about half of all marriages end in divorce. So really both sides, both parties should, should know how to be financially independent. Yeah, you both want to be contributing to that partnership, that marriage when you, when you are and hopefully will be together. But you also want to, you know, set yourself up for success because you never know what's going to happen, whether that's a divorce, a, a sudden passing that's unfortunate. Um, you want to be able to support yourself and any independence that you have underneath you. Um, and many young people, are, you know, are finding themselves with living, going back to them, living with their parents for a period of time, whether by choice or not choice. Sometimes it's it's the right move. Sometimes it's not. Um, so again, it can take many different shapes and forms. But it, it, you know, what does it look like? It looks is somebody who's financially dependency is you never completely supported yourself on your own. You lack even the most basic financial know-how, such as how to balance a checkbook, or read a bank statement, or pay a bill, or apply for a loan, or get insurance. Now it's okay because I've done it before of asking others questions, your parents, so forth, but. You want to be able to one to be able to take action on those things and not solely rely on others. Are you in a physically or verbally abusive relationship or simply unhappy with your living situation, but you worry you won't be able to support yourself if you leave? You know, that's a form of financial dependency. Or are you somebody who lacks self-confidence and ambition maybe and have little sense of purpose in your life? Um, maybe you have no idea where you're what, about your family income level, um, your net what a net worth or your cash flow is. So you're not really knowing how to manage that, and so you, then you're worried to taking a step out on your own. You're you're not knowing what you're paying. Is it too high? There's you, currently your family or you don't have a clear plan for debt or housing or car or college, paying for kids college or uh, paying for kids. And, or maybe your partner's clear on it, but maybe you're not. So that's where the financial dependency lives. So how can we move toward being independent with money, even if you're not the breadwinner or you're staying at home, so forth, taking care of kids, or staying with parents as a young adult or middle-aged adult and on and on? Well, if you don't earn the money, that's okay. Manage it. You know, Help out on that end. Educate yourself. Take a class. Read a book. Get a, get a job, go volunteer so you can kind of see some of the inner workings. Start practicing those basic life skills of bank statements, credit card statements, paying bills, applying for loans, insurance, and looking at your insurance. Learn how to live frugally or at least more so so if you ever do, do come to that sudden situation, it's not a total shock for you. Uh, establish a budget for yourself, for your family that comes... You know, maybe it's for yourself. It comes solely from your income. If it, if your family doesn't have a budget, develop one for them. So you're learning how to manage your own money. Those are just some ways. Obviously, there's many more. But if you haven't started to get the ball rolling, start getting the ball rolling in that independent direction for your life. It's going to, you know, boost your confidence. It's going to lower your stress level. And ultimately, you're going to be enjoying life more because you are becoming more independent and developing your overall skill set. You know, a big part of financial independence is is figuring out how to live within your means. You know, it's not an easy thing to swallow many times for many people because we always want to keep up with society. And it, and it may, you know, mean more radical lifestyle shifts. 
but if you're you know if you're not really willing to make those shifts then you're not really ready to be an independent adult and don't be out there the one pointing the finger it's time to look in the mirror you know i, I think at some point in every person's life it, it's time for us to look in the mirror and for some it happens at a young age for some middle age and some are just a little bit older you know what's that kind of bottom line for you you know and here's some more uh, ways, you know, stop using your parents for anything other than as a last resort. You know, use them as a resource, but be responsible and ultimately the one who's going to take action and figure out solving your own problems. Don't view any job as beneath you. You know, that's, I think, how some people look at it. Uh, they, they think that other people are going to judge them when, you know, it's going to give you some type of independence, some type of freedom. Uh, get in the habit of setting clear goals for yourself, you know. You can still talk to your parents and involve them in the process and respect their wishes, but ultimately, again, you know, going back to make your decisions on your own. So kind of wrapping this, this uh, episode up here, how can you turn this ship around if you think you are going in the wrong direction, if you're not sure, or even if you want to accelerate, if you're moving in the right direction, but you want to accelerate that path? You know, so here are four bullet points I, I'm going to briefly go over, and obviously it's not an end-all, be-all. Take action towards what you want. You know, write it down. Get specific. Reflect on it. Understand it's going to take persistence and patience to get it. It's not going to come overnight. You know, don't think that that windfall, that inheritance, that lottery is just going to come. Get in the habit of delaying that gratification so you can so you're investing for your future self. You know, invest 20% or more so you can live better in the future instead of worse than how you're living now. And to do this, to help you, read at least one book a quarter on money. So my call to action to you is make a plan to improve your financial situation today. Do it today. Don't push it off until tomorrow. Don't, pre don't procrastinate. Not on this. Not right now. Not today. So do it today. Don't push it. The plan to start making a plan, on, on an example would be making a plan on what books do you want to read this year, this quarter. You know, break it down. Make a list. And why do you want to read them? How, how is it going to help you improve your situation? How are you going to take action from those books that you're reading? And I'll list a couple books in the, in the show notes as well. So again, thank you everyone for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Peeling Back Money and Life. Please share this with three people right now. Tell someone about what you learned from it, what you took away from it. Let me know what you think. Give it a five-star rating on iTunes so we can help build the audience here. I would like to hear about you in future episodes, but until next time, enjoy. And lastly, for our disclaimer, this podcast is for educational purposes only as anything that you would find online. I only give advice to people I know their personal situation. And without knowing yours, it would be foolish to provide advice. For advice, consult with the experts you have in your life, your accountant, your attorney, your financial advisor, essentially the people who know you and your situation personally. <laughs>